What's up, guys? Welcome to the third out. This is Bryson French here with Noah Witzke. We are going to talk about the top 10 center fielders in Major League Baseball going into next season. And before that, we're just gonna we're just gonna run over some news for the lockout. Um, that's about all the news we have going on right now. So we're just gonna run over some information for that. Um, and also just give you guys a heads up and ask your support again. Uh, just get, leave a leave a review for us on Spotify or Apple, whichever you're listening to us on. And then follow our social medias, Instagram. And with that, let's get into the episode. Um, yeah, the lockout though. So that's this is the big thing hanging over the MLB. Uh, season is being delayed at this point because of the lockout. Uh, another report came out today that progress is being made, but both sides are still very far away. But we had sure. three things that came up in the news that they are looking, that they're, I guess, seriously um, considering. And these three things that came up today, at least, are shifts being banned, uh, pitch clock being implemented, and bases being enlarged. So let's start with the shifts being banned. Noah, what do you think about that one? I don't love it, but I don't hate it at the same time. I mean, I thought it kind of grew into the game, but I think it'll make the game more interesting. I think. I'm not a big fan of trying to take away somebody's strategy for playing the game. I think mm -hmm. there is definitely a strategy to being able to hit the ball to all fields, mm -hmm. and there's definitely a strategy to if a guy has a tendency, why can't you just, you know use the information you have on them and use that against them. Like, yeah, I, I feel like that should be fair game at this point. Um, I assume the way they're going to do that is, you know, make sure there's X amount of players on one side of the field and X amount of players on the other side. So, you know, you have a situation where you can only have two outfielders on one side of the field at the same time. And then, you know, that would be the probably the only way you could do that. Um, yeah. So that's the shifts. That's probably how that one would work. It's it's that would just be a hard one to try to implement and lock down. Mm -hmm. um, have they done that? I haven't heard of them doing that in the minor leagues in any way. I don't think that either. Yeah, but I that think... would be. I would love to see it there first. Mm -hmm. Again, I'm not a big supporter of this one. I would. I yeah. Just. Not sure how it would work out. Uh, the second one, though, is the pitch clock implementation. Uh, they would they would make it, I believe, 16 seconds uh, when there's nobody on base, and then you have, like, 20 when there is somebody on base. And I believe that's basically just the time you have to come set. And then you can take the long base. I believe that's how it was working in the minor leagues. Um, I haven't really heard any discomfort within the minor leagues. I know people are always hesitant to take something new, but I think that one's kind of at least hasn't made anything worse. I don't know if it's really shortened the time of games substantially, but it hasn't, you know, I haven't heard a bunch of complaints about it. So that's mm -hmm. not bad. And then the bases being enlarged, you know, I again I don't see a big difference here. I don't see why it would make a big difference one way or the other. Yeah, I mean, bases enlargement, 
I don't really see why this was a uh, talking point that they had to agree on. I mean, yeah, it, it is nice to hear some topics though that aren't money related. Yeah, that's very true. Things about the game, rather. Um, but overall, the unfortunate news with this, you know, even though we are making some sort of progress, and they're always, you know, coming out with new, well, we've agreed on this now, but the sides are basically deadlocked at this point, and so it's going to take a major jump, maybe some time, before anything can happen. So yeah, that's I'm kind sure. of the disappointing news. Yeah, they've already canceled the first two series of the season, so yeah, regular season games are starting to get canceled. I mean, players are starting to look other places to play. I mean, Bryce Harper kind of came out subtly and in a joking manner saying he's going to Japan. But, I mean, I, would, I wouldn't put that – that's an option out there for these players too. So, they might not yeah, be in a hurry to get this guys. going to be a lot of guys that don't want to just sit around. So, yeah, they're going to start doing something with their time. They're probably going to start playing. Yeah. So that said, um, we can jump into our main segment of the show, which is the top 10 center fielder. Give you a little idea of what we're doing next week. Next week, we're going to look at the top 10 players most likely to be traded in 2022. Uh, That's about some players that are on teams that we don't expect to compete or players that are maybe um, deserving of a starting spot, but are just on a team that has multiple players at that position. Um, so that should be an interesting conversation, looking at those players and where they might go. So that said, though, let's get into the top 10 center fielders. Again, as always with our top 10 lists, this is going into next year, how we expect these guys to line up. Um, so to start it off at number 10, we have Starling Marte for the New York Mets. Now, Marte had a very productive year. He is 33 years old now, and he played 120 games last year. Um, started in Miami, got traded to Oaks, a little lower on the production side of things defensively. Not the best, especially among center fielders. Um, I mean, you look at his advanced metrics, just kind of middle of the line, but he is definitely um, a top 10 center fielder just because it's, it's a bit of a drop-off after the, what is the number 12 spot? So, like, 12, 11, 10 are pretty close. He definitely fits into that category, but he's not even – he's not in the same conversation as a lot of the guys above him, though. But, yeah. There's, there, there's kind of a drop-off there from really nine, I feel like. Right about them. Yeah. But Marte is an, a great athlete. Um, he has that to his advantage. He's been around a long time, so you know he's going to perform well. He definitely deserves his spot in the top ten, I believe. But yeah, defensive oh, struggles. Sure. Yeah, defensive struggles. Offensively, was just probably one of his better years this year. He had a one thirty OPS plus, so a really good twenty twenty two for him or twenty twenty one for him. But yeah, so that moves us to the nine spot. We have. George Springer of the Tampa Bay, excuse me, Toronto Blue Jays, not Tampa Bay, uh, Toronto Blue Jays center fielder who came over from the Astros just recently and getting settled here in Toronto on a team that's really trying to be competitive 
He only played in 78 games, but he had a really good time when he was there. He put up 50 RBIs in that short span. had an OPS plus of 143. And again, we know he's always been really good defensively. And we're maybe just starting to see the defense kind of drop off with a little bit of age here. He's now 32, but another another amazing player here. So what do you think of Toronto's position with their center fielder? I, th I think they're in really good shape here. I think once he get, gets his foot again, he stays healthy a little bit. I think he has a chance to move up a few slots in this list. He could I don't know if he'd move up to top five, but he could probably move into top seven. Probably top eight yeah. there. He can he can definitely move up. He's one of those players that once he gets going, he's definitely one of the best best in the league at his position. If he's healthy, he could easily be number six. Just looking oh, at the guys yeah. immediately above him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you're just looking at the two above him, yeah, he can definitely be better than them. Three yeah. even. Yeah, three above him. If he were to be number six. He had a 2.4 war in half a season, so that'd be nearly a five if he played the whole season. But again, defensively, it was kind of his downfall, but a better offensive year than Marte had. Um, and they were both kind of bad defensively. So that moves us now to the number eight spot. And that's, this is a young guy. We got Brian De La Cruz uh, for the Miami Marlins. He is 25 years old. We have a really young guy. He only played in 58 games, so not a lot of experience here. But we're kind of just taking a gamble here. He has a lot of upside, mm -hmm. as a lot of these Miami players do. Yeah. And this is kind of a situation where we saw Miami move off of um, Starling Marte to give him an opening. And so that is also a big sign that they believe in him. Oh, it's massive. Yeah. It speaks to the confidence they have in him. In his first season, this was his first season, rookie. Not even, I don't know if it was enough games to count as a rookie year, but in the 58 games he played, he had an OPS plus of 113, which is really good for a guy in his first, first couple games of an MLB career. And he was three runs above average. So just very solid for such a young guy. Um, the one thing that may – it's not going to hold him back, but the one thing that may kick him out of this list is he may move away from center field mm -hmm. um, just in time, just in the situation that Miami has. But comparing him to the other center fielders, I think he definitely belongs in the top ten, and he's going to have a really good year next year. Yeah, he should. Yeah, so he, just, go ahead. I'll say, and if he stays at center field, I mean, he – if he pans out, I mean, he can move up significantly on this list with the potential that he has. Yes. Yeah. That moves us to number seven, which is an interesting spot, and I'm not sure how he ended up this high. Talk about why. We have Harrison Bader. So Harrison Bader has a really nice war. He has a war of 3.9. He is 27 years old, so he's very young. He played over 100 games. He had 50 RBIs, which is kind of where uh, Marte was. He had an OPS plus of 116, which is better than he has been for most of his career. So it was a good offensive year for him. The place where he really jumps out and is really good is defensively. He's probably the best in the league or one of the two best in the leagues defensively in center field. And his runs above average is 26. 
So that's kind of a big jump if you look at that number. Um, runs above average, we had Marte at 11, and then George Springer at 12, and you got Harrison Bader here at 26. So that's a big jump. And if you oh. look at those numbers alone, that's kind of why he found himself on this list. If you're looking at that. The thing that holds him back is the metrics. Mm-hmm. His average exit velocity is really bad. He doesn't hit the ball hard. His Woba is pretty bad. His batting average is bad. Slugging percentage is bad. Walks are bad. Chases a good amount of pitches. So there are some things holding him back, but you look at the defense, you look at the elite speed, you look at the fact that he did manage to put together an above average year offensively, despite some of those advanced metrics saying that he maybe might not be able to repeat that. You know, he, he finds himself on this list this year. This is kind of just giving him respect for what he did and for being the guy defensively. Yeah, I can't see, really see him moving off really any in this list. No, especially not with the guys above him. Yeah, that's no, that's what I was just looking at here. I mean, two ahead of him, I don't see him moving above them unless he just has an insanely good season, which I mean isn't out of the ordinary. Or, but he, I mean, it could happen, but it doesn't look likely. So that takes us to number six and a guy that we saw play on this summer, and that is Cedric Mullins of the Baltimore Orioles. Mm -hmm. We have another big jump in war uh, wins above replacement. Cedric Mullins had a 5.7. Again, that's up from Harrison Bader's 3.9. So that is a game of basically 1.8 games above Harrison Bader. Um, he is also 27 years old, so the exact same age. He played in more games. He played 159 games, so almost every game of the season. Again, we're getting a lot of center fielders with about 50 to 60 RBIs. He had 59. But his OPS plus, um, OPS above average, was 135, which was 34. So, again, that's a, um, moving up from Harrison Bader. He is really good defensively. This is the 96th percentile in outs above average. And this is just a guy that the uh, the advanced metrics are a little kinder to. He doesn't take off. Like, he doesn't hit the ball that hard. He, his Wobo isn't that much above average, but, like, he's not bad anywhere. His game is very balanced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he's just all around a solid guy. Doesn't do – I mean, he does a lot of things great. But he's not bad at a lot of things. So, yeah. Baltimore has themselves uh, a bit of a star there. And again, 27 years old is a great, great age, young guy. Uh, one thing that has changed with his game is he used to be a switch hitter and he is not doing that anymore. So that has been very beneficial for him. Kind of may have been a little bit of why he kind of jumped out this year. So, yeah. I mean, sticking to one side of the plate, focusing on seeing pitches from one side. Yeah. Precisely, yeah. And that takes us to the number five spot. We have Brian Reynolds. This is interesting. So this is the Pittsburgh Pirates. 
Mm-hmm. And he is, I believe, really confident when I say this. He has been the only Pittsburgh Pirate we've had in our top 10 so far for any position. Yeah. And probably will remain that way until we're yeah. done with this. We'll yeah. Going through all the positions. Yeah. Same. Yeah. I don't think there's a chance anybody else gets in. You could make an argument for bullpen, but yeah. It's free agent. So that's also probably not going to be them. So Brian Reynolds is the best piece that the pile of excuse me, wins above replacement of six. He's also 27 years old. So all the last three guys have been 27. We've got Bader, Mullins, and Reynolds all the same age. He also played in nearly 160 games, 159 exactly. And we see the first big jump in RBIs. And this was um, maybe had a little bit to do with just the fact that he's playing in Pittsburgh and it was on him to put up more production. But he had 90 RBIs. But to me, that just means, you know, he got the job done when it mattered. Mm-hmm. And then he had an OPS plus, a really good one this year, of 146. That's jumping into a really good territory. And then runs above average of 39. Solid number there. Um, defensively, it just depends on what numbers you're looking at. Um, defensive run save was negative five. So it kind of indicates he may make a lot of errors, but it's outs above average is 96th percentile. So that kind of means he can cover a lot of ground. So, I mean, you got a guy who's really fast, may, may drop more balls than you expect by center fielder, but like he can cover a lot of ground type deal. Mm-hmm. So yeah. overall defense is pretty good. If you look at it in that way. Yeah. It's not bad at all. And if you look at his other advanced metrics, it's kind of a jump because we had Bader, who was really bad in the metrics. And then you had Cedric Mullins, who was just decent at everything in the metrics. And you get up here to Reynolds. And Reynolds is really good in a lot of things. He's really good in sprint speed. He's really good at taking walks. He's really good at slugging percentage. He's really good at max exit velocity. He's really good at Woba. Like, wow. There are a lot of things that he does really well. Yeah. I'll say everything's above average besides outfield or jump. Yeah. And that's kind of another defensive metric that just doesn't get looked yeah. at that much. Like, you know, not every yeah. outfielder displays that all the time. So, yeah. So none of those, that doesn't really matter. Yeah. So, really, really good player. And if you're looking for a reason to be excited about the Pittsburgh Pirates or watch more players, watch more of their games. That's a reason to turn on their games because you got to see him play. You can't just ignore him in Pittsburgh. He needs some attention. Exactly. Um, is he a franchise player? Is he the uh, is he the Joey Votto of their team, do you think? At the moment, I think he is. I mean, for, if you look at their roster right now, I think he is. I think they're a guy that yeah. he's a guy that they try to keep and try to somewhat build around um you know it seems like they've been in a rebuilding stage for forever but uh yeah i would i, I think that's a pretty decent comparison he's young 27 real solid i mean yeah he has to be i mean i think they would be stupid not to so that moves us to the number four spot we're going to move out to the south side of chicago we have Luis Robert. Now, from here on up, we have guys who played half a season or less. Yeah, or didn't play. Or didn't play. So, 
Injuries is kind of concerning for every guy moving up here, but there's a lot of talent here for all these guys. So, yeah, Robert had um, a war of 3.6 in half a season. That was actually less than half a season. It was 68 games. So you're going to at least double that. That's a war of about seven, if not a good amount more. It's an amazing war. He is 24 years old, so he's incredibly young. He had uh, 43 RBIs, which, again, you're going to double that. So it's going to be over 100. And he had an OPS 155, insanely good. Defensive run saved eight. So, yeah, again, just really good defense. Incredible athlete because he's really fast. Um, hits the ball really hard. His max exit velocity is right up there. He could easily move up this year. It's just, you know, he's a really exciting guy to watch play, watch get older, watch him develop. All right. I mean, 24. That's really what's sticking out to me, being this good and so young. There's a lot of guys on our list is, are really young. But, yeah, just if he stays healthy, that's the only real concern. Staying and healthy. that is a good point. That is a good point. Center field does seem to be a young man's position compared mm-hmm. to some of the other lists that we've done. Oh, yeah. I think this is the on average by the youngest group that we've had. And a lot of these guys, as they get older, will start to move away from center field mm-hmm. possibly as well. Yeah, that's a good point too. Yeah. So that moves us to number three, and this is a guy who actually – has not played much at center field yet, but he is actually expected to move there this season. He comes back from his injury, and that is Ronald Acuna Jr. Now, yeah, a lot of you guys are probably expecting him to be thrown into our right field ranking next week, and the big debate was going to be, oh, is it going to be Soto? Is it going to be Harper? Is it going to be Acuna? Well, we're going to avoid that debate completely, and we're just going to put Acuna in center field. So, Acuna also had the exact same war as uh, Luis. He had a 3.6. He played in 82 games. He's also 24 years old, so very similar by these guys. They both had an OPS plus of 155 in the time that they played, so exact same number there. Mm. And the OPS plus on the career, uh, Acuna edges him out just a little bit, a 138 to Roberts, 132. Yeah, defensively, they're both in about the same category. But, again, you're going to have to consider Acuna is going to be moving positions. So his numbers, we don't really know yet. Uh, But Acuna is faster, the better athlete in that regard. He does have a higher exit velocity. um, And, yeah, just Acuna doesn't have many weaknesses. He's one of the best players in the game. And, yeah, that case is going to be made for a while. Um, you you look at the best players in the game. You got Juan Soto, you got the Mike Trouts, and you got you know Acuna is right there with him. So, oh yeah, easily. So, yeah, the very only exciting for Atlanta. Yeah, the only concern is him coming back from his ACL. That's his, that's the only concern. And so, or, yeah. And so, just looking at like some of these numbers, like you got the. Uh, the average exit velocity is in the 97th percentile. His, you know, expected WOBA is literally the highest in the league. 
his expected batting, or excuse me, his walk percentage is 94th percentile. Like he strikes out a decent amount, but again, that's just modern day baseball. So yeah, he is incredible. Yeah. And I don't think coming back from an injury should be an issue. I mean, yeah. usually when baseball players tear their ACL, they don't really have an issue of coming back. Yeah. I feel like it's not as it's a game that's not as rough on your knees. Yeah. So he should be coming back stronger and better than he was last yeah. year. But again, you look at so we've been through in the in the four and three spot, we've been through Luis Robert and Ronald Community Jr. Both of them struggled with injuries the guys that were healthy were the guys like brian Reynolds, brian Reynolds, cedric mullins and harrison bader and acuna is not in the same league as them oh no not even close even if he has a little bit of trouble coming back from this injury he is i still believe a significantly better player than those guys oh head and shoulders better i mean yeah i don't even think it's close yeah and same with robert as well so Mm -hmm. that moves us to number two again we're keeping it with the guys who were injured and that is Byron Buxton for the Minnesota Twins. So Buxton put up an incredible year for 61 games. Basically the first half of the year, not even the first half, the first quarter of the year, he was on a tear. He had a war of 4.5 in 61 games. That's higher than a lot of other guys had in a full season. Oh, like yeah. that's, that's higher than Bader and Marte and a lot of other guys had the whole year um, and he did that just in 61 games he's 28 years old so young guy he had an OPS plus of 171 for that period of time um, his career numbers are a little lower he's been in the league a long time now and like he just finally started popping out into being a superstar recently but he got signed to a big contract the twins expect him to stay here Mm-hmm. And his defense is insane. He had uh, he would average 23 defensive runs saved over a full year. His outs above average is in the 94th percentile. His advanced metrics are really nice, uh, just as far as like the exit velocity, the hard hit balls, uh, barrel percentage, all that stuff is incredible. So, yeah. big defensive guy. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the thing I enjoy about looking at these center fielders, we are looking at a lot of the best athletes in the game. You know? Oh, yeah. It's not just looking at, you know, a power hitter here, a guy who has a lot of speed here. These are the best overall full-on full, full on athletes, like, as oh, far yeah. as physical development goes. Yeah, I think center field is probably – you have to be the most athletic player on the field. Yeah. And a lot of that comes down to speed, the, the mm-hmm. place, you know, the ground you have to cover type things. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, the, the concerning thing about Byron Buxton is he has played 100 games just once in his career. Yeah, that's a little concerning. Yeah. And you have to think COVID, though, last year, he may have been able to make it that year. But, like, yeah, that is injuries are a plague to him. But at this point, yeah, so is everybody in our top four. And, again, he's in the same conversation as Acuna. And Luis, not going to drop him, you know, below those guys unless those guys can prove they can be healthy and he can't. So, yeah, we'll keep him there with that. That moves us to our number one spot, and I don't think there's a lot of question here. It is Mike Trout. 
still, in my opinion, the best player in baseball right now. Mm-hmm. For our numbers, for our numbers, we had to pull numbers from 2019 because that's the last full season that he had. Because he had obviously the COVID season last year, and then excuse me, 2021, he was injured. He played 36 games, and then the COVID season was the season before that, so he only had 60 then. He absolutely teared it up in COVID, and then the year before that, in 2019, was also really solid. So looking at those numbers, in 2019, he had a war of eight. It's incredible. He's now 30 years old. He had 104 RBIs. He had an OPS plus of this is my favorite number right here. His career OPS plus is 176. That's higher. That's higher than anybody had this year in center field. Yeah. His career OPS plus is higher than anybody's best year. So offensively, that is where Mike Trout stands. Mike Trout is incredible. Defensively, you know, he's he might be slipping a little bit. He might move to left field. But until he does move to left field, we have to keep him in this conversation. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, he's not bad defensively either. He's still above average. He's in the 67th percentile defensively. But, yeah, he's not, you know, he's not with Byron Buxton in the 94th percentile anymore. But offensively, best hitter in the game. Again, you look at so many things. You, got, you know, max X of 90th. Average exit velocity, 90th, and I'm saying 90th. He's above 90 in all of these. Hard hit balls are above 90, well above 90, like everything. The one thing that he's not above the 90th percentile in is strikeout percentage. And, again, that's the way the game is going right now. There's not a guy on this list that's above average in strikeout percentage. The good hitters in the game are letting themselves strike out a little bit more to get other types of production. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Mike Trout proved it in 2020 that he was still really good. Um, he only played 34 games, excuse me, 36 games in 2021, but the 36 games he did play, he was still incredible. So no reason to doubt him there. But yeah, those are our top 10 third base, or excuse me, center fielders. I said third baseman. Say so third baseman was a uh, haven't hit yet. A couple weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. So to run through that again, I'll just go through them in order real quick here. We had Sterling Marte, he was now with the Mets, George Springer with the Blue Jays, Brian De La Cruz for the Marlins, Harrison Bader for the Cardinals at seven, Cedric Mullins for the Orioles at six, Brian Reynolds and the Pirates at five, Luis Robert for the White Sox, Ronald Cunha Jr., Byron Buxton, number two, and then Mike Trout, number one, again. And we did list two honorable mentions um, that were in our discussion for nearly making it into our top 10. And that was Chaz McCormick uh, for the uh, for the Houston Astros. Chaz McCormick's kind of an interesting player. He does everything really well. Mm-hmm. That's how he almost found himself in this list. He uh, defensively, he had nine defensive runs saved over the, whole, over the whole year. And he's one of the best defenders. He's in the 97th percentile. Offensively, he had a good year. He was in the 127 OPS plus category. The, the kind of concerning thing for him is this was his rookie year at age 36. Yeah. So, you're, you know, you're, at that point, you're not sure how repeatable it is. 
And despite playing 108 games, he only had a war of 2.3, which is kind of in consideration that's kind of just considered a role player type guy. Mm-hmm. And then our other honorable mention that we had was Adolis Garcia for the Texas Rangers. Um, if he had kept up the pace he had throughout the first half of the season, he could have easily, you know, I, I think he could have easily taken this title or not taken the title, but found his way well into the top 10. Yeah. Cause it kind of fell off. Yeah. He struggled in the second half, second half of the year. If he bounces back, I think he could find himself above Harrison Bader on this list, but yeah. This is a bad year. He is a little bit older for the rookie scale of things. He had a war of 3.8, which was decent. He played 150 games, so he played, you know, a lot. Uh, his OPS plus, though, just thanks to the to the weak finish, he only ended up in with OPS plus of 101, which means he was just barely above league average as a hitter. Yeah. So that was a big drop off from where he was at the All Star break, and that's that's really what killed him. So. All righty, guys, that is our top ten center fielders. Thank you guys for joining us. Again, come back next week. We will talk about some players that are pretty likely to be traded in the 2022 season. Um, But for now, we hope you guys have a great week, and we hope to hear some good news regarding the lockout. This is uh, Bryson French and Noel Whiskey signing off for now. See you later.